Welcome into this week's episode of Walk the Pine. I'm Will G, joined here by Vince Gattuso and our producer JP. Got a lot of NFL to break down today. Um, mainly just going to be focused on the head coaching head coaching vacancies around the league. As of right now, as we are recording, I believe there's still only what eight. Yes. The Cowboys have not fired Mike McCarthy yet, so that's still pending. I know there's word out that Sirianni could be gone, which would be extremely interesting. I kind of want to dive into that a little bit, too. Just kind of focusing on the head coaches this episode. Um, What do you guys think? Nick Sirianni, your guys' situation, the whole the whole eagle situation, you know, 10 and one start to the season, went to the Super Bowl last year. He's definitely. I would say he's on the hot seat, but a year removed from being in the Super Bowl and nearly beating the Chiefs, to me, you got to give him one more season. I would be, I'd be pretty surprised. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it seems pre- a little premature to fire him right now. I think it's just the magic is cleanly worn off for Philadelphia. Like. There's serious problems within their offense. Jalen Hurts looks absolutely nothing like what he looked last um, last season, which I, you know, there was, it, it's kind of funny because uh, I wasn't always a, not necessarily a skeptic of his, but I was like, it, it just. Of Sirianni or of Hurts? Of Hurts. I mean, yeah, he's clearly struggled in the past. Yeah, I mean, and I mean. It seemed like it all very meshed together very well last year. Everything, you know, was just kind of clicking on all cylinders. And then they come out and they pay them. I, I I think teams need to really start, you know, this especially the Eagles after they seen what happened with the whole Carson Wentz thing. Paid him one of the highest contracts in NFL history after their Super Bowl run with Carson Wentz and or or after the 2018 season, I think. And then now you come out and you do it again with Jalen Hurts and he has a year like this. I think Sirianni should stick around for one more year. But if the Eagles do fire him, I do think there is cause, mainly because of his personality. He's a shit. uh, He's a trash talker. He runs his mouth a lot. And he's clearly lost full control of the locker room. He has players yelling at his quarterback on the sideline every single week. Um, and to come out and put a performance like that up in the wild card round, just get absolutely blown out after starting 10-1 and one this year. Something's going on. You also replace Sean Desai with Matt Patricia, which is just a failure in its own. Matt Patricia has shown nothing good since he was under Bill Belichick's wing. So the defense goes down, the offense goes down. He continues to run his mouth and act like he's some hot shot. And here we are now with this big cloud over the Eagles' head. And you got a you got a coach who just doesn't look good in any way whatsoever. He's lost control of the locker room. The offense and the defense has drastically declined throughout the course of the season. 
and he runs his mouth. So I don't know. I think they could go in the direction of firing him and just getting a fresh start. But I think that'd be a little, maybe a little premature. I mean, I think you got to lose Matt Patricia first. Yeah, he's got to be gone. Because, I mean, I don't know the actual statistics, but I imagine they were just about number one in offensive, offensive, pretty much every offensive category. They were scoring a lot of points us last year is what I'm getting at. Like, they were a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Well, the de- I mean, the defense was firing on all cylinders last year, too. It just, you know, you ran into Goliath. You ran into Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Yeah, they lost a tight game to mm-hmm. the best team in the league. And then, but the issue is, like, you're just looking at it this year, and it's like nobody on defense knows how to make a tackle, but your offense still can't go out there and score more than nine points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, that's a huge issue. That's a massive issue. Like, nobody is on the same page in that locker room. A.J. Brown is constantly in and out of, like, off on the sideline just screaming at people. I was stunned last night to see Dallas Goddard screaming at Jalen Hurts on the sideline, the tight end. There's massive problems in Philadelphia. They have. I'm going to give them the offseason to figure it out. I think they'll keep Sirianni, but <laughs> it could get real ugly here real, real quick in Philadelphia. Another big one, obviously, going on in the league right now is Bill Belichick. Him and Robert Kraft decided to uh, part ways mutually. I think we could see the marriage coming to an end. They're both getting old after Tom Brady to left it's just been you know kind of downhill from there they can't get quarterback position figured out and uh yeah i think bill belichick just needs a fresh start yeah i mean it does it does look good for tom brady it, i mean and it puts a little blemish on bill's legacy a little bit i don't read too much into that like i think it's just hard starting over when you're that old like you're so used to the excellence you had, like. But that doesn't mean it was all Tom. I just feel like, at his age, like it was just you're out of gas. Like, no, I mean, I can't imagine wanting to coach football still if I'm Bill Belichick right now. I don't know. Well, he did just interview for the position of the Atlanta Falcons head coach, and I would imagine if the Cowboys move off of Mike McCarthy, he's going to go meet with yeah, Jerry like, Jones as well. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to, I think it's going to have to be a perfect scenario for him. And I think right. that's why he could go to Dallas. Just like Tom. He's trying to pull it Tom. Yeah, exactly. And that, that, that's why I don't count it as a blemish on Bill Belichick. What Tom did. People are like, oh, Tom Brady won a ring without Bill Belichick. And it's like, okay, yeah, no shit. I mean, he went to Tampa Bay under Bruce Arians, who was one of the best coaches in the league at the time. He's a top, I think, I mean, he's a top five coach in the league at that time. Like, Bruce Arians is an offensive genius. He's throwing the ball to Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette in the backfield, a phenomenal offensive line, and a stellar defense. Yeah. Like, Tom went to a perfect scenario and won a Super Bowl. Like, yeah. And people were shocked by it. I mean, he went to a team with a defense that was Patrick Mahomes' nightmare. Yeah. He's everyone else's nightmare in every other scenario. Yes. So, yeah. No, exactly. No, Tom, I mean, it, it was great for Tom. I think it makes him, you know, extends the GOAT conversation because he goes into a scenario and bam, Super Bowl champions. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it should lay anything on 
uh, what happened with Bill Belichick. Like, yeah, he has struggled drafting uh, as the GM. He has not really nailed a lot of his first-round picks over the years. Um, But, I mean, if anything, that's just, like, more a tell of, like, damn, this man can consistently get it done. And, I mean, he did it with Tom Brady. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like his one of his greatest strengths is player development and just getting the most out of guys, but you still just have to have a base level of talent yes. to actually have that turn into, like, equate to wins. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. So we're going to go through the head coaching vacancies. We're going to talk about them, talk about their situations, and I want to start off by asking, who do you guys think is probably, if you had to go into a scenario right now, where would you want to go? I know there's already a clip on Instagram of me talking about how I think I would want to go to the Commanders. Um, one, because I like their their new GM hire. Um, damn, I just forgot. I just saw his name, but I know that he comes from the the San Francisco and those guys are usually dogs. Like, if they're coming from the San Francisco front office, uh, oh, they already had his press conference. Adam Peters. There we go. Adam Peters. Uh, I like the GM hire. I like the amount of cap space that they have, most in the NFL. Um, I also like that they have the second overall pick. You're going to come into a situation where you can choose your quarterback. That's always a big thing. It's not always a perfect scenario. Um, sometimes it takes you years to be able to, have the opportunity to draft a quarterback at number two. So I think it's got to be the commanders or the chargers, but what do you guys feel? What do you guys think? Would you probably be your two or your ideal scenario? What do you think, Vince? I'm actually going to go with the commanders as well. I mean, that um, having the opportunity to draft their quarterback, like you said, that high up in the draft doesn't come very often and there's a lot of good ones available. So there is a lot of good ones available. There's uh, the option. I think it's going to be Drake May at number two. I think any head coach is going to come in there and select Drake May. Um, Caleb Williams is going to go one. But there's also going to be the Jaden Daniels conversation as well. It's a little. Well, there's also the possibility that Caleb Williams doesn't go number one. And then there is none. There's <laughs> there's absolutely none. I don't think. I don't know. I mean, you never know. I know people have like over. We don't the, know what they're thinking right now. It always this is this is just classic draft speculation here. I mean, years and years and years of oh, like this my this guy might be just as good as Caleb Williams. There's always that hype. I remember there was talks about Zach Wilson going ahead of Trevor Lawrence because of the combine hype and just it's all this built up hype right here. Like these are the months where. Uh, it's all talk. It's just, it's all talk to me. You know, we have no idea what these scouts are thinking. We have no idea um, what the front offices are thinking. And teams are going to put info out there on these players to make them fall. People are going to put info out there to make them rise. It's, 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 it's a business, and it's a dirty business, the draft right. world is. Turns political. But, yeah, oh, it gets real political. I mean, they're turning these 20 to 22-year-olds into pawns, essentially, when it comes to the draft. And it's kind of a poetic thing, but also, like, a very gruesome thing. Because you just see 
I mean, there's like, I guarantee you there's like private investigators out there just looking at every single one of these players, just trying to find the dirt on these players. And they'll find it. I mean, it will come out. Yeah, like if no one went to their 21st birthday party. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I hate that movie. What a good movie. What? What a terrible movie to hate. The movie is awesome. It's That movie is so awesome. It's so... Dramatic, dramatized is that how you say it? Dramatized, dramatized, whatever it is. I mean, that does not sound right at all. It's dramatized at all. Um, if you don't care about it being realistic, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, why would well, I care I about a movie being realistic? It's a movie because uh, it's based on that's the... like my top, <laughs> like realism if is... you want a movie that's like that i guess just watch a documentary you know because then but... you get like something real well they made moneyball very realistic and that's yeah, why it's I the disagree. greatest sports movie ever no miracle is better than moneyball for sure you've lost yikes. your mind what do you miracle? mean yikes miracle's yikes. awesome the hockey movie yeah it's a good movie but you guys you guys are yikes. Ever. So i don't moneyball, like, are you kidding I generally me? don't like sports movies me neither I you like moneyball no i hate I do like movies. moneyball because it's realistic Moneyball, as hell. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, Moneyball is fine. But I, Miracle's I, just another Disney, like... Miracle's awesome. Just another Disney flick. Just like Remember the Titans. Like people, I don't like Remember yeah. the Titans. I people just Remember overhype the Remember the Titans. Call it the greatest sports movie of all time. I'm God, like, are you no, kidding Coach me? Carter is better than that, and I don't even like that movie that much. Yeah, there's not many good. Honestly, sports like Mike is better than all of those. If Jerry Maguire, Jerry Maguire is a good sports movie, a very slept on uh, sports movie, or even that Jackie Robinson movie was all right. Forty two was not that good. It was fine. It wasn't great. None of them are great. Every time that there's a scene of actors having to like act out playing sports, the movie's automatically just like not that good. All right, we're getting off track here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. I would say the Chargers, if you, but give me a second, just so I don't totally piggyback off you. I have a, I have another option after that. I just like the, I'm going off a, the talent pool. Like if you look at the Chargers on paper, they've got, I mean, they haven't necessarily been all that productive. Obviously, that's a problem. I believe the coaching staff's not getting enough out of them. But I mean, you look at, they got Joey Bosa. They have Khalil Mack. Um, do I know the rest of the roster too too much on defense? No, but I mean, they've got my, ball, they've got ballers. They've in the got secondary. some ballers on the defensive side, and you just have one of the a quarterback with like the most potential in the league. He's young, physical, got great arm talent. He's shown he can make good reads and make good plays that he's not just, you know, this athletic freak. Like he looks good and they've, he's got receivers to throw to. That's a good situation. I would love to adopt that. And you have the number five overall pick and the number five overall pick. Yeah. Which they, so, I, in my opinion, if you ask me, they absolutely have to go receiver there. They have to like, cause the Quinton Johnston pick just looks horrible. Like he is I mean, it's just not looking good. He's looking like Kevin White, and I called that. Yeah. I called that from the jump. I did yeah. not think he was the receiver to take there. But if you could have – if you could find a solidified number two 
next to Keenan Allen. Yeah, that looks that's scary. Like that well, team has a lot of potential. That's that's going. To, the only issue is going to be you're going into a situation where they're in salary cap hell. But that's not your job. You're the head coach. Right. Unless it's going to be like Jim Harbaugh, where Jim Harbaugh will probably want GM responsibilities as well. Um, I don't right. think that happens. I think we're, the league is just going to have to start moving off of that. I mean, uh, we, and we've seen that go terribly. We've seen it go terrible. Like we've Chip seen Kelly. It, we've seen it go good. Yeah, there's been. I mean, Bill Belichick, I guess, to an extent. <laughs> um, I mean, I just don't know how. I just don't know how you do that with your first year head coach. Because was Bill immediately? Yeah. Given, I oh. think so. I believe so, yeah. It was a lot more normalized back in the early 2000s. Nick Saban, when he came from LSU, he was the GM and head coach of the Chicago Bears. And that's why, or not uh, of the Miami Dolphins. And that's why the Bears didn't hire him over Lovey Smith. The Bears right. were going to hire Nick Saban over Lovey Smith, but. Uh, he wanted Jerry Angelo's job, and Jerry Angelo was like, I don't know, boss. I'm not just going to give you my job. I don't know. I just feel like <laughs> until you can prove that you can make something out of what you're given, like I have a hard time just handing the whole ship to somebody. I I think it's – The only – the only it's, it's Harbaugh. That's the only thing. That's right. the only thing is Harbaugh has – everywhere he's gone, he's touched gold. I just – that's just a fucking huge – Excuse me. That's just a huge job, though. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's why I think it'll be tough. I think if you can get a guy like Ian Cunningham in there, I think that's who the Chargers could end up going with as their next GM, the assistant GM to the Bears. He's been a hot GM candidate now for a few years. I think if you can get Ian Cunningham in there, someone who's smart, uh, comes from Philadelphia and now Chicago, where they've fixed cap situations like this. Yeah. Uh, So if if you can find – if you can – trust your gm to do his job and just be savvy work out contracts the right way you know make tough decisions where you really figure out what players are valuable enough to keep where you really make sacrifices mm-hmm. and then you know then play with some guys that even if they're solid you can maybe afford to let them go and try to figure out something in the draft or a cheaper option in free agency like if you can let the gm do his job and hopefully they figure that out like i mean you just look at the talent pool at the chargers that looks good but my next answer after that is the falcons for a very similar reason like i'm assuming and this is assuming they're gonna get justin fields (laughs) <laughs> I think I think it's a good scenario regardless. I mean, obviously the page the Patriots already figured out. They've got Jared Mario in there. So he's not like the Patriots are kind of excluded from everything. Um they found their their next reign to Bill Belichick. Um they got the number 3 overall pick, but I think after that you have to probably go Atlanta. I mean, they have that's that's where I want to talk about this as well. The Atlanta Falcons have Drake London, Drake London Kyle, Pitts, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, uh, a decent offense, a really solid, really solid sound offensive line, and a defense that was top 10 in statistics this year. Yeah. The only issue is you have to figure out your quarterback, quarterback situation. And that's – So you're sitting I there – I can't put – I can't put a team that doesn't have their quarterback figured out in my top few – picks for like where i want to land as a head coach but i think they're easily three they're easily my number three like because 
the only reason the Chargers are two is because Justin Herbert. It's like it, right. it almost automatically guarantees them right. one in my right. eyes. Right. I but, mean, the defense is nice. Yeah. But I could give it. I could give a shit less at the bottom line. Um. The only reason I went Commanders is because of number two overall pick, most cap space, and I think Drake May is going to be a dog in the league. I think he's going to be a stud. So I think that it's going to be a real quick turnaround for Washington if they can just sign some solid players, invest in their cap, get Drake May some help. I mean, he's already got Terry McLaurin there. Maybe re-sign Curtis Samuel. They got Jahan Dotson there. They have solid offensive weapons. You just need to invest some money into the offensive line to protect Drake May, and they could have a real – They, I'm not saying they're going to go as far as what C.J. Stroud did in Houston because that division is very weak, and you're in the same division as the Cowboys and the Eagles. But I would go as far to say as they could be in the hunt – come December with Drake May if they just play their cards right over the next few months. That's the only reason they're my number one. Like I said, the only reason the Chargers are number two is because Justin Herbert. But three, the roster is looking real nice in Atlanta. I just feel like if you're projected off the bat, you're going to be able to score some points. Mm -hmm. That's huge. That's huge. Like That's that's why head coaches lose their jobs because that's something they just never figure out. That's why so Mike if Rabel you have went. that checked off the list right away, I mean, not to downplay. I, I mean, figuring anything out as an NFL head coach is going to be hard. But if you can have the offense figured out, I mean, dude, you can get some good guys to, you know, really build a good defense maximize your special teams and just get it done like that stuff can be figured out at least a lot more easily than creating like a productive offense yeah i completely agree with you i completely agree with you and that's why and that's and and i will say even if you're losing games like that will buy you time oh yeah if you're scoring points bringing people in selling tickets showing that you can do what people really come to see when they watch football. Yeah. Like you're gonna save yourself some time. Oh, one hundred percent. But as soon as you have those games where you're not putting up any points, it's like, oh my gosh, immediately are these guys in the hot seat? Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's going to be a very interesting situation for Atlanta because they have pick eight. So you got to decide. That's going to be like Michael Penix range. Jaden Daniels could slip there to pick eight. Um. Depending on, I know it's just that. Oh God, I love the draft so much, dude. It makes my mouth water. If there's the only thing that I don't love more than the Super Bowl, or the only thing that I don't love more than the draft is the Super Bowl. I, no, draft is number two to me. The draft is the most fun time of the year. It's just like that's why it's like, what are they like? What are the Falcons going to do? They could take Michael Penix, or they could just go get a solidified guy who has been in a very shitty situation and has never really had a true offense around him like Justin Fields and go get Fields and see what you can do. You bring in Ben Johnson maybe as your head coach. Now you get things cooking, an offensive genius in there, cooking with Fields. I don't know if that's Super Bowl potential. But it's exciting. But at worst, Justin Fields is a bridge quarterback for you to you, whoever you can go up and end up drafting. But you got to be careful because then you can find yourself in a situation where you could just be in football hell. So th- th- it's always interesting. Like, people were talking about Mike Vrabel being fired and being so surprised. I think Mike Vrabel is a great coach. But 
what the biggest downfall or in his tenure is the offense has not been able to be, it's it it's a running system behind Derrick Henry. And I'll say it again. This is the modern NFL. Yeah. If you want to win games and you want to win championships, you have to you have to score points. It, in the, you have to score points. And that's what people like the offense never worked in Tennessee. Like, yeah, it was good. It was right. a great running system. It was, but how are you gonna expect to go into the postseason and beat right. Joe Burrow? Patrick right. Mahomes, when you're going Josh up, Allen, when you're going up against explosive offenses and you can't guarantee and you can't count on having the lead and just keeping it with a run game. Yeah, it's exactly. not going to happen. That's not going to happen when Mahomes has a 50 yard bomb mm -hmm. off the bat. You know? Oh, 100 percent. dude. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Nothing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like a great defense and a good run game can win you a lot of games. But when it comes postseason time and they are picking up just chunk plays and driving down your throat in three minutes, right? Eventually, you, you eventually are you're, screwed. You're going to run into an offense that makes you look mediocre. As, oh, 100%. Like, there's exactly. just the best offense nine times out of ten is just going to be the best defense. I mean, we just saw it this weekend in the postseason. We just saw Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur is the top three head coach in my – top five head coach in my opinion. Guaranteed. He is so good. Green Bay fans wanted him gone midseason. They're stupid. He just made, oh, my, Dan Quinn look like an idiot, dude. He just, with Jordan Love and a bunch of fourth-round picks, just drove and drove and drove and drove and drove. It does not matter how good your defense is. The offense is always going to win. So, and we just saw it again, C.J. Stroud in the Browns. The Browns have had the best defense in the league all year. They have tortured quarterbacks all year. Right. And C.J. Stroud with – Nico Collins and Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz. Good night. Sliced them up. Sliced them up. On a perfect pass rating. It just like it just goes to show you. Like, so that's why I'm saying with Atlanta, you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you're stuck in football hell. Because yeah. like you go get Justin Fields, you can start winning some games. But is he going to get you to that Super Bowl level? That's going to be their question. So it's going to be interesting to see because they are kind of. I'm not necessarily saying they're a, they're a quarterback away. They still have some holes to fill, but it depends on what quarterback you get. You go get yourself a damn good quarterback, you you're you can win yeah. that division next year. And I think it's just important. And it's a results based league, but at the same time, you gotta walk before you run. It's yeah. a difficult league. Yep. It's yep. a hard league. You could just yep. gotta see go, you gotta see it go through the net. You gotta just 100%. win some games, show that you have a solid team to work with and then you can figure out getting that getting to that next level but i think it's important to just focus on being a good team like it sucks being the bears the new york jets like you always want to win a super bowl that's as a competitor you do want that to be the attitude but realistically yep. Get into the league and win some games. Oh, 100%. And that's why I kind of want to dive real quick here before we wrap this, this episode up. I want to dive into Pete Carroll a little bit here and the whole Seahawks situation. That's another interesting situation to follow because you're going into an offense with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith Najiba, and Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet. Like, that's one of the best offensive units in the NFL. But you are going to find yourself, as of right now, stuck with Geno Smith. That sucks. 
can Geno Smith put you over the top? No. 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 So are you going to – I think they're what? They're probably in like the – I want to say like the 16 range draft picks. So what? You're going to draft J.J. McCarthy maybe and pray he works out? That's a tough situation. You're not going to be able to – That tra- would be wild. <laughs> you can't jump up. You're not going to be able to jump from 16 to 2, 16 to 1, 16 to 3. So it's like that would scare me a little bit. Are you going into a system that works? Yes. But just it's how okay, then you have to start putting in your head how long do you I don't have, have anyone behind the wheel? How long? Yeah, exactly. It's how long? Car, it's a sweet car. How long will it take me to replace a quarterback? Because you're th- that team is good enough to win eight games, nine games every single year. Yeah. That's you're not gonna ever find a quarterback that way. So it's kind of like, how long will it take me to find a quarterback? Now we could see them maybe go like the Kirk Cousins route if Minnesota moves on from Kirk Cousins and decides to maybe jump up and get a quarterback this year. It's all going to be very interesting to play out. But the Seattle situation would that. the Seattle situation would scare me as a head coach if I'm being honest. And so would Tennessee. Tennessee is another situation that kind of makes me worry. They really have no true weapons. Other than I mean, Derrick Henry's gone. They don't oh. have a wide receiver one. Like, D-Hop's oh, solid, I... but, dude, D-Hop's 31, Jesus. 32. If you think Traylon Burks has not been able to break out. If you think Seattle's a scary situation, Tennessee. Tennessee scares the shit out of me. Tennessee sounds horrible. But they have pick seven. That's the only bright side kind of to my way. It's because, okay, you could draft Penix there. And then you go, okay, Penix or Jaden Daniels. And you know, okay, like we at least got choice. the rookie quarterback. I don't know if those guys are going to pan out. If you ask me, in the NFL, right? But I feel like you have no choice. But you need like Will Levis had shown some promise in his games, but I don't know. Like you're, but that's the thing is like, are you going to be able to convince a head coach to come in and stick with Will Levis? No, I don't think you can. You know, when they get in, when they bring in a new head coach, the new head coach always wants his guy, but their GM is the one who drafted him. It was the first-year GM last year. He was the one who drafted Will Levis. It is his quarterback. But I don't know. It's going to be tough to convince a head coach. Let's ride this out with Will Levis. But this could work out for them. They could get a nice weapon at seven. And either Will Levis turns out to be the guy this year or he just sucks. And next year, you have a high pick to go up and get a quarterback, even though I don't know if 2025 is going to be a strong quarterback class yet. Uh, I can't really put my mind on anyone that's going to really be a you just gotta trust your scouting yeah exactly exactly but yeah that's kind of just i just we'll wrap it up there i just want to kind of dive deep into these head coaching vacancies see what's going to be interesting um there's a lot of good candidates out there i think it's one of the best head coaching cycles i've ever seen in my life mike vrabel bill belichick obviously the two two of the hottest names right then and there um if mccarthy gets fired he could be on the move somewhere um ben johnson great offensive coordinator bobby slowick uh the texans oc a lot of these guys are still in the postseason is saban taking interviews no dude i think he's done those for good i i saw a report that said he uh he should have he one of the reasons he retired was he wanted he should have benched the center in the semifinal playoff game but he liked him too much and he kept him in and he goes, if I'm at that point in my coaching career where I'm making coaching decisions like that, he goes, then I'm just not a coach, a good coach anymore. Right. I was like, damn, that kind of makes me sad. Nick Saban kind of going soft. 
<laughs> you know what was crazy to me? What? How Joe Flacco returned and then just threw like three straight picks. Oh, dude, you know, I mean, we all knew the picks were coming, dude. He throws like three picks every game, but he also crazy. throws for like four, 400 yards and four touchdowns. Two in a row. I was like, whoa. The pick sixes were. Pick yeah, sixes. two in a row. I was like, whoa. Good for Houston, though. So good for Houston. Can we talk about that just real quick? I mean, a city in dire need of a hero. Three years ago, that team was at the I, – I remember reading a Sports Illustrated article. It was a 45-minute read. I read the whole thing just about the absolute turmoil inside that franchise. And this was before Deshaun, Deshaun Watson had already requested the trade at this point. But it was before all the sexual assault scandal then came out. Before all of that. And they were talking about how horrible ownership is and everything. And then you then you you throw on the it's not a laughing matter. I'm just saying, like you just throw that onto the pile as a Houston fan. Oh, your star quarterback who's taking you to the playoffs all these years already requested a trade. Oh, now he has 24 sexual assault allegations against him. Like, I don't even know what I would do as a fan. 27. When you were just excited about having Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Another thing, (laughs) DeAndre Hopkins traded for David Johnson in his second round pick. Like, what the hell, man? Like, that organization was horrible three years ago, and now... It's all gone. All of that is away. Now they're scoring 45 points in a playoff game. Now it is all away, dude. C.J. Stroud is a monster. Will Anderson looks great. It's it's if, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Good for Houston. Deshaun Watts or not Sean Watson. Uh, C.J. Stroud, if he does not have the highest jersey sales, something is wrong with Houston. I might buy one. I think it'd be cool. I've never had a Houston jersey. I gotta get all the jerseys at one point. I want to collect all 32 jerseys. Might I might just get myself as a, CJ a Houston fan. Jersey. That should be required. See, look, this is my thing. It's it's funny you bring up the the whole jersey conversation because this will be this will I promise you this will be our last our last conversation topic. It's funny you bring up jersey the jersey thing because I wore a Mitch Trubisky jersey. I bought one. I bought a Justin Fields jersey. I will not buy a Caleb Williams jersey until he does one of three things. Or two or three. Two of three things. He has to do two out of three of these things. Throw for 4,000 yards. Throw for 30 touchdowns or get a second contract. Once he does three or two out of three of those things, I will buy a Caleb Williams jersey. But I need a – we don't have a 4,000-yard passer in Bears history. We don't have a 30-touchdown passer. In Bears history. And boy, I'll tell you, it's very rare you see a Bears quarterback get a second contract. Jay Cutler is the only one who's done it in my lifetime, at least. The first time he puts up 40 points against a team that isn't a dumpster fire, I will shed a tear. (laughs) If he puts up 40 points on the Green Bay Packers, I'll maybe buy a jersey. I will make a shrine. (laughs) <laughs> I'll build a statue. That's going to wrap up this week's episode uh, or this today's episode. You know, we got a lot more coming. Sneak peek. Little teaser drop in there. It's going to wrap up today's episode of Walk the Pine. As always, I'm Will Gray, joined here by Vince Catuso and our producer, JP. 
guys have a wonderful rest of your day.